0: Radio Vermont, WDEV, takes no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the House Calls Vermont show host or their guests. The information provided during the House Calls Vermont show is offered only as a public service and should not be used as a substitute for obtaining any professional advice from a licensed professional. WDEV presents House Calls Vermont with hosts Jim Bradley and Chris West. Each week, a new topic specific to building or renovating in the Green Mountains and your phone calls. Brought to you today by R.K. Miles, a third-generation family-owned business proud to be your local building material supplier. Find a location near you at rkmiles.com. By Poly Construction, For over 30 years, known for anything construction, big or small jobs, one call does it all. P-O-L-L-I-Construction.com Ken Libby of the Stowe Area Realty Group at Keller Williams Stowe, your trusted advisor. 802-793-2002 By Curtis Lumber, with two locations in Vermont, Williston and Burlington. Request a quote for your next project online at curtislumber.com. Buy Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, with locations in St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, Derby, and Middlesex. By Shamrock Painting, painting and custom wood finishing, shamrockpainting.com. By Wythe Windows, high-performance passive house windows and doors, online at wythewindows.com. And by Matt Clark's Northern Basement Systems, for all things basementy, northernnefoundations.com. Your participation today is encouraged. Call the listener line with questions at 802-244-1777 or 877-291-8255. Now, House Calls Vermont with Jim and Chris.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Chris West. I'm here with my colleague and friend, Jim Bradley.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. Glad to have you here.
1: And we will start out just by saying uh, what a snowstorm. Fantastic, beautiful, super cold uh, Jim and I were just talking about it was fifty degrees uh last week at <laughs> in the beginning yes. of the week, and in the by the end of the week we're back down to zero degrees. Those are some fifty degree temperature swing within a week and and what does that do to a house i mean if you if you want to know if you were like a, a building scientist and you were going to put your house through some paces to see what would fail these are the paces right <laughs> These are exactly the type of tests they exactly. do. Um, In Germany, at the Fraunhofer Institute uh, in Darmstadt, uh, they built like a whole neighborhood of houses with different wall assemblies and the same indoor conditions and they've been studying what these assemblies do for the past 30 years. And
2: and, and that's what's changed. You know, Some people ask us often is okay you're recommending this now but back in the 80s they told us this, back in the 70s they told us this and then keep going back but this was an institute where they actually built the models, tried the new products, took the tests and sampling and got the data and then realized what works and what doesn't and what you need to do properly.
1: And of course, the only downside to doing it in Darmstadt, Germany, is that the climate in Darmstadt, Germany, is basically Seattle, right? Yep. So you'll have a zero-degree day Once every 30 years. So, but, um, but the general principles of moisture moving because of change in vapor drive, right? The higher vapor outside than inside. The, the, uh, the changes in how materials work when they're put together in a certain order under different, different conditions. They've been studying that in the field, as has one of our favorite building science Scientist Joe Stubrick, who calls himself a forensic building scientist, right? Sure. He um, is involved in the building of neighborhoods, and then goes back after five and ten years and starts taking some of the houses apart to see how those assemblies operate. And and that is where this this all comes from, right? We can have the physics of it, we can write down uh, equations, but if we're not actually out in the field. Testing these things and going back and, and seeing how these certain th- yeah, assemblies or or, or buildups in your house uh, operate through time, then we're just you know navel gazing, and that's not the point. We want to have good information. And as Jim said, we've only been doing this type of study on houses for the past 30 years or so. Before sure. that, it was just kind of like, whatever. Uh, oil was 25 cents a gallon. And um, so what if our house was 18 air changes per hour, you know, uh, basically, you know open doors and windows in the middle of the winter as long as they were still standing and we could keep ourselves relatively warm, that was good. And that's not where we're at anymore. We're in a different place. Oil is uh, not 25 cents a gallon to the customer, right? We're talking about at the time that was 25 cents to the customer a gallon. It was, yes. you know, uh, 25 cents a barrel, I guess, <laughs> considering the the price increases that, that um, some oil companies are throwing out there. So um, – Today we have an interesting show. We've got two guests coming on. We've got, um, Dave Hanacek. Ha- Dave Hanacek is, um, uh, a California entrepreneur who made a product called Can Cover It, which is a, uh, a device that was created for make, doing quick attic air sealing. We'll talk a little bit about more of that before, uh, he comes on and while he's on. And then later in the show, we're going to have, uh, Gabriel Erd Cohen, who is, or Erd Cohen, we'll, we'll get the pronunciation when he gets on, uh, who, uh, uh works with, uh, we, uh, clean heat pumps, which is a, a service we've talked about before. We just wanted to have him come on, tell us what the service is about, tell us about what it costs and the importance of keeping your, indoor uh heat pump head uh clean for good indoor air quality you know one thing that's uh
2: this year has done is it's it's basically uh, highlighted, exacerbated a lot of these issues, building science issues within homes because we've had such a roller coaster of temperatures. It wasn't a slow ramp up to cold temperatures that stayed consistent and then slowly warmed up again. So what we've been having and there's been so many calls lately where people have had condensation and mold on their ceilings and their walls where they hadn't before. We did an audit. A couple weeks back, about three, four weeks ago, on a customer who actually had ice coming right down on their porch. Oh boy! Yeah, but it was like in the crux of an L of the uh, the the building, and icicle was coming. Icicles were coming down through the light on the porch, which they say usually blows the, the uh, bulb. And of course, it's an electrical hazard. Right. And then through the siding, and then getting onto the the cement floor below. And so it's a real you know tragic situation that needs to be corrected. I and, called it a cascade device. Yes.
1: <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you're looking at the siding, and you're like, "Wait a second, that's not just some vinyl siding. There's no. this weird glistening. Oh my goodness, there's just a cascade of ice. It's like you're you're going down the route Route uh, 89, and you see those beautiful cascades of ice down the sides of the rock. That's what it looked like. Not quite as dramatic because it was a house, but more dramatic because it was a house. What sure. the heck is sure. going on there? So that's one situation where we have no idea what's actually happening, and it was too cold to pull that siding off. Yes. Because in in very cold weather, it's like seven degrees out or, or something was, like that. Yeah. Um, You can't really move the vinyl siding without breaking it. So we're going to go back and we're going to pull that that siding off and get under it. And when we do, we'll give you guys a report. But wow, what a fascinating thing to see.
2: But other people, you know, when they're just saying that oh, I've got these tea stain marks now on my ceiling, and I've never had that before, why this year, why all of a sudden, or I had a, a renovation done six years ago, but now the this year it shows up. It's not that things degraded necessarily in the attic or in the wall. Although maybe they did. It could have. Um, But usually what's happening is you probably already had a significant amount of heat loss into the attic, where if you looked up there during a really, really cold time, you would see that the sheathing was um, uh, frosted over. And the nails that come through from the roofing, they were frosted over. And it looks like white and fuzzy. But what happens is um, you get these temperature extremes again, where all of a sudden all that frost will melt quickly, drip into the insulation, and then you have that repeated cycle where the insulation can stay wet then and another chance for it to happen repeats itself and then you get this buildup and you start seeing these, these problems so if you're seeing those type of things don't be too concerned just know that it's trying to say you need to get this looked at yeah find and, out what's going on
1: and that's when we say i mean that's when we say get someone like jim and i in to take a look at it because just having your friendly local builder come and take a look is not going to ensure that they have the education to be able to d- discern what that is and um, upping the game on what our builder uh, community knows is one of the things that we've been trying to push through the home builders and modelsers of Vermont and uh, we're not stopping with those efforts but we're going to take a pause because um, it just seems like there's no political will to make sure that uh, the the people out there who are swinging a hammer at least have insurance are on a list and are using a contract that's that's just way too much that's government encroachment in the rights of people to defraud the public well in in <laughs> sorry just, <laughs> just, just uh, well we were going to take a break i thought no, uh, but it,
2: though we may be taking a break in our efforts it doesn't mean your house or the building scientist is going to say oh i'll pause too right and there you know i won't cause a problem for you anymore um so one of the things that's important to when you get the house looked at there are some of these opportunities that is a diy person, you could do this work yourself if properly instructed on how to do it. And then you're going to find out man, it's not glamorous, it's nasty work, but it's effective work when it's done right. And one of the things that the can cover it item is going to be able to do for us is show you how to cover things like bath fans or recessed lights. What we've seen too often is that when insulators will go in and insulate your attic, they may put a piece of fiberglass around the lights and call it good. Well, that's a, that's a challenge because it's not stopping airflow and it's still going to leak. The other challenge is some of these lights, the older lights lights, recessed lights, more importantly, were non-IC rated, which means you cannot put insulation... It's not icy, but IC, but See, yes. Insulation contact. So they were non-IC rated lights, and if you insulated right, right against them, it could be a fire hazard. Right. And so that's why they would wrap them in fiberglass. But the thing is, once again, it's not an air sale. And the can coverets are an insulated piece of material, but it provides the proper air space around the fixture so it doesn't build up too much heat, thus the fixture lasts longer. Which,
1: if I remember correctly... You're telling me is three inches, a clearance for any. Yes, recommended three yeah, inches. Yeah. And then once you have that
2: over the top, it's like putting a little party hat on top of your uh, your light in the attic, but then you seal around the bottom edge with foam and that makes it really tight. You could use one of the Sega tapes, one of the you know ProClima tapes, and really get a good seal there too. But it, it's a really easy measure. And, you Quick,
1: know, I- easy, yeah. anyone could do it with the proper training. Now one of the things that we had heard from from one of our listeners was that Uh, all of our, all of our, um, advice is to call a professional. And, uh, that's not necessarily untrue. Uh, and the reason I'm saying that is because if you as a homeowner decide that you're going to do some air sealing or change the assembly by putting rigid on the outside of the house or any of those things, there are ways to do it where you could put time and effort into it and get no benefit. Or even make things worse. Or,
2: or, I had a customer call me the other day. Just yesterday I talked to him. And he wanted to get some of the energy credit from Efficiency Vermont. And I just started asking him about his assembly. And he spray foamed the whole deck of the roof. And that means he's in direct contact with the backside of the sheeting. He, he put this foam insulation. And I said, did you put a breathing channel in, a ventilation channel? No, it's foam. Yeah, but foam's not magic. Yep. Building science will still do what it's going to do. And when, as we said in one of our shows before, if you have a 60 pound ground snow load, which we do in almost all of Vermont, you need to make sure you have a ventilation channel in there or the building is probably going to fail at some point in yep. time and be very, very expensive. So once again, having a building science person in there who understands the building, who understands the science, and can show you what to do and set up a laundry list of, of what needs to be done and what you feel comfortable doing and give you some of the pointers. Like, where can you source some of these, these items, you know?
1: And to double check on, on the process you're going through so that you're not going to spend that time and effort if you're doing it yourself. And come up with either ineffective or a worse condition. We don't think that homeowners can't do this work. We just think that we know builders, most builders don't know how to do this work, right? So in order to do it right and not be wasting your money and your effort and maybe making things worse, you just need some guidance. (laughs) And Efficiency Vermont allows for DIY air improvements, but you have to do it. Under the tutelage of someone who knows what they're doing on air sealing. And that's a perfectly reasonable thing to ask before, you know, the money that we all give to efficiency month through our, you know, monthly electrical bill um, is used in a, a way that's actually benefiting you as a, a homeowner and the state um, as a, uh, a stakeholder in making sure that our, our buildings are energy efficient and not going to rot away.
2: And I can say this, that it almost without exception, the people who have wanted to do the work themselves beyond just simple caulking and and air sealing in the living space, the ones that actually jumped into the small crawl space, got up into that attic, spent time up there, got the work done, almost without... Without exception would say, uh, yeah, that was tough and I'm not going to do that again. Right. You know, it's like I said, it's not a fun time, but it's effective and important work that needs yep. to be done too.
1: So we're right up against the uh, first break here at quarter to one here at House Calls Vermont on WDEV. When we come back, we'll have Dave Hanacek on the, on the line. Dave is the inventor of and, and owner of Can Cover It, that he, air sealing product we were just talking about. And, uh, we'll be talking to him right after the break.
0: Christmas Eve then and now by wife windows. Christmas Eve then, and Mama and her kerchief and I and my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. Tighten up that kerchief! It's gonna be a cold one! It's that nasty draught from the window that's to blame. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. Hurry, I think I see something. It's stuck. And Christmas Eve now. Look, it's Santa. What a clear, unobstructed view we get through our wife windows. Quick, tilt it open. Hey, Santa, it's Jim. Those are some good-looking wife-tilt-and-turn windows. I know. Eight locking points keep them air and watertight, and they're made in New Jersey. That's my next stop. I have a new guitar for the boss. I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight. Wife Windows for all, for a house cozy and tight. Wife Windows, high-performance, passive house windows and doors. Online at wythewindows.com.
1: Welcome back. This is Chris West from House Calls Vermont. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Jim Bradley.
2: Hey, everybody. Good evening.
1: And, um, we are here today, uh, and we have Dave Hanacek on the line. Dave is the, uh, inventor, owner, and, uh, promoter of, uh, Can Cover It. But first of all, I just want to throw out that, that, uh, that call-in number, 802-244-1777. Please call in if you have a comment or question. Hey, Dave, how's it going?
3: Well, very good. I, I'm laughing. The professionalism here is beyond me, but uh, I'll do the best I can, guys.
1: Um, I, I appreciate it. So uh, I'll introduce you, Dave. This is Jim Bradley. Hey, Dave. And, hey, Jim. Uh, Dave, uh, Jim is, uh, um, is the one who turned me on to your product initially. Um, well, thanks, so, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well
2: you know, a little, little, little bit of candor here, Dave. I started in the air sealing part of things and I was trying to use things back in the day and, at one time, we even spray foamed over some of these fixtures and then was told later, not a good thing, of course. <laughs> um, and then we tried to use sheetrock and got limited results or blue board or pink board insulation. Just a lot of work putting that together. Then we used the um, Roxol... I have caps. Caps yeah. over the top, but you still had to foam over those because those weren't airtight. And then one day, I saw the can cover it. So I think I bought them through EFI out of Boston and loved them ever since because it's so easy to use these. And that's all we use anymore, basically.
3: Yeah. So I love you, but you know, you're you going to laugh at this. So I, I was profiled years ago for product development, and this one started. This so annoyed me. Uh, this started 10 years ago when someone challenged me to solve the non-IC can light problem. Yes. And as you know, it is the most complex convergence of physics in a building is a metal object in an attic. Yes. And you've got everything from dew points to moisture to airflow, obviously, is a big one. But um, we actually spent two years developing our first product. And after field testing in Canada and the U.S., we scrapped it and started all over and came out with this. The hardest thing was to make it simple. Sure. And it's, you know, (laughs) it's. I know I know it looks like a little box but it's really complicated to make something simple. So sure. uh, thanks thanks for your support Jim.
1: Yeah, well and, and it's kind of hard to of course we're on the air so it's hard to to get a visual idea of this but if people can can imagine um a a box with a little kind of peak on it like the the old-fashioned icon of a house that's been kind of accordion shut by Folded, by yeah. folding t- one edge of it and then made flat. And then you just open up this bag, you pop it open – and then you've got a perfectly air-sealed, insulated um, cover that you can just put down on top of your ceiling, spray foam and/or tape around it, and you're done. Tell me a little about the, Dave, because we were talking the other day about your uh, estimations on the amount of savings in time that this product will, uh, you know, offers to the home owner who might be using it, or to the uh, weatherization tech.
3: So basically, the, the thing we've been trying to promote, and before COVID, we were successful at it, and then basically uh, COVID put a real monkey wrench in some of the, the uh, uh, progress. But in less than five minutes, uh, Rob Calvin, who's in that area, your area, um, gave me a wonderful letter last year saying that in five minutes or less, they can install these, and in less than an hour, they can get the same airtight ceiling that they would get in a home that would take them all day. Uh, sure that's a big deal, but the the thing that we've been doing, and we're now working with uh, a lot of the universities in San Diego, here in California, mm-hmm. is extreme weather is changing all of our understanding. Well, it's not changing our understanding, it's just revealing some of the limitations. Yes. The law of thermal equilibrium is a big deal in homes, and what's happening, all the all the issues that we knew would happen with airtight cans, for example are starting to reveal themselves, moisture, dew, uh, mold issues, because when you have extreme hot or extreme cold attics, you're basically connecting the inside of the house with the outside through this fixture, and it becomes a real problem. Yep. So the, the, the long answer let's shorten. Huge, huge deal. In less than an hour, you can take your home from EPA inefficient to EPA standards on air efficiency in less than an hour. Sure. just by taking care of your bathroom fan and
1: can lights. Yeah, and I just wanted to to say uh, Dave, when you're talking about the quote unquote air sealed Uh, ceiling lights. After it was identified that these recessed lights were a source of air leakage, the industry itself tried to make a series of recessed lights that were less air leaky, and they called them air sealed lights.
2: Uh, They they actually, they they messed with the name a bit too, because one's called Air Lock, which is spelled L-O-C omitting the K on purpose, and then airtight, which is T-I-T-E and instead of T-I-G-H-T right. the reason they're doing that is we never really said it was going to be completely an airlock
1: or completely airtight Right. So there's an not- asterisk right next exactly. to the word saying, we don't mean tight we mean what we mean by this funny exactly. misspelling of the word so in in the industry um, we're used to that type of what's called in the, in the industry greenwashing, right? Yes. but what you're saying, and, and rightly so is it still a piece even if that was a hundred percent air sealed and no air was going through that, it's still a hugely conductive metal thing that is going like to trend. Yeah, your yeah. thermal bridge is huge.
3: Well, and here's what's so funny. So UCSD I mean, thanks to my son who's on our website, who's now working for nano what is it, nano he's doing molecular uh work on I mean, it's just, you know, I'm I'm the simple guy. It's just nuts what all you guys do. But what we did get through him was UCSD in San Diego State. Actually, all the you know, California universities here did studies for us. And thermal bridging alone with can cover it, 63% difference as the weather increases, wow. either hot or cold. Yeah, That's sure. huge. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, we've got MIT guys. I go to all these conferences. MIT guys bragging about a 3% thermal gain on a header on a window for a new building. And it's like, okay, great, but you know, we've got a hundred million existing buildings that we could fix today.
2: Yes. <laughs> yep.
3: Like, let's do it.
2: <laughs> well, and the one thing that I've, I've noticed, Dave, is, is, and this is an aha moment for me when, when I was in the industry, is I came from San Diego originally and I always wanted to live somewhere oh. where it snowed. And but then I got, joined the military, got over to Panama City, Florida.
1: Which is well known for its snow loads. Exactly. (laughs) And
2: and in California, I saw snow every once in a while up in the Lagunas, but mainly it was hot. I remember doing two-a-days practices in football where it was 105 plus degrees. So usually that was the upper extreme there, and we didn't give a lot of thought to cold conditions. So then when I get up to Vermont, I'm thinking all the repairs we have to make are going to be based upon what the cold is doing. But then I had a customer call me after the work was done, and she says we can finally sleep in our upstairs bedroom now that this weatherization has been done because it was always too hot even with the mini split running all the time and it's like wait a second oh yeah this works all year round no matter what the climate and so these devices that we're talking about everybody it isn't just about air sealing to make it a better assembly in the cold climates it's also in the humid climates the hot climates and this is why this work is really important work
3: so you're you're so spot on but here's you'll you'll be intrigued you know this has been almost 10 years now. And, and by the way, this was supposed to be a six-month project where I just developed the product and you done. But when the <laughs> industry kind of got part of this right and part of it wrong, it became kind of a, a life passion until we, we get this fixed. But one of the things that we get most calls, I get calls from engineers all over the world, but we fixed a lot of commercial buildings with lighting. And the thing that will surprise people is that LED light bulbs Although you don't have the incandescent heat that's going to burn down a house. Yes. What you do have is something that's so heat sensitive that Northrop actually, the aircraft manufacturer, yes, actually tested some of our products on LED lights for light color. Hmm. And what's happening with, for example, a church we did, their theater lighting all of a sudden had moisture issues, performance issues. The temp- the temperature variants are very minor that can start destroying LED light bulbs. Mm-hmm. So we've done so much work with lighting. I mean, basically, every single hot attic is a problem for LED lights. Yep. because that heat gets transferred into the light. There's no place. If you're already at the threshold of the operating for the light just by turning it on, you're in real trouble, and that's
1: what happens. Yeah, not later. a lot of that, uh, uh, operational room safety margin for that light. Yeah. Yep.
3: But you know what's, what uh, I like most of what you talked about, Jim, the thing that we're most proud of is, you know, yes, okay, we understood all the physics. It took us a few years to get, in, and we've been, the reason why we're so smart is we get calls for the last five, six, seven years from everybody with issues that we're solving. And I'll give you an example. Environex in uh, Washington State, they use it for mold mitigation. They've been doing so for years. And you'll laugh at this when LED inserts came in, James, their their CEO and, and owner stop using our product. And I had about a two-hour argument with him, very polite. (laughs) Um, Six months later, Catherine called up and said, Dave, what we thought would work didn't work too well. And, you know, again, it's just, as you know, Jim, it's just fundamental physics. There are just some basic things going on. But what I'm most concerned with, with a lot of the building efforts we're doing is we've got to be realistic that most people don't have the will, the money, the care, so, whatever you do has to be fast, simple, and really, really cost effective, yes, because we don't need just five good houses you know we're, we're focused on a half million good homes every year that we build, but that doesn't solve a hundred million problems yep. so you know our our thing is okay, look you don't, you don't need perfect, but you do need a lot of better.
1: Yeah, Definitely. yeah, uh, yeah. A uh, uh, hundred million houses doing twenty-five uh, percent better trumps uh, five hundred thousand houses doing a hundred percent better. No question. Right. Just in the overall. And you know, st-
3: it's interesting, University of Michigan. So you know, I'm I'm semi friends with so many people, and
1: semi friends. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, we're going to have to unpack that in a minute, Dave. Go on for it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, the University of Michigan, my old school, in fact. Um, did a study back in 2020 that heating and cooling homes basically amounts for at that time it was 20 percent by the time they finished report it was about 21 percent of our nation's carbon emissions just just with heating and cooling existing 95 million homes and that number even in the report was growing that's going to quickly hit 25 percent. so this is such an opportunity again imagine this if we you know, I've got a little cliche thing going here. Cover your cans and fans and uh, fix 100 million homes in less than an hour because that's basically what it takes. We could fix all the penetrations in the home in less than an hour. If we did that this summer when all the grids are going to fail throughout the United States and articles nonstop that we can't handle the air conditioner load that keeps growing, Yes. we could reduce that energy usage by over half. Which means, let's pretend you've got 100 million air conditioners running Sure. overnight. You can make it 50. Right. Yeah. No, no that's. I'm it. laughing. The, the the downside with phone calls is while we're talking, I've got two other people calling and telling about the.
1: Beeping. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I, I didn't even notice. You're good. It's just okay. on <laughs> your side. So, um, I mean, the the argument uh, we're, we're sitting here in Vermont which until, I don't know, 10 years ago, we were not installing cooling, right? You did not build a house with cooling in 2000 in Vermont, but now every house is being built with some form of cooling already in the design because we are are seeing these increases in, in high temperatures during the summer. and. One of the things that I always say when I'm teaching the the Passive House uh, training course, which is one of the things that I do, the building science side of that, is that uh, when you make a house a thermos, which is the the, the metaphor we use for Passive House, um, a thermos works as well in the winter as it does in the summer. Uh, it will keep your hot cocoa warm from the outside cold, but it'll also keep your house cool from the outside heat in the summer, it'll keep your iced tea cold, we say. So it's not just about, although in Vermont we have a, a very long heating season, it's not just about the efficiencies of the house during the heating season, sure. but also critically during those cooling seasons we'll also see um, um, you know savings and better comfort.
3: But see, that's what's so brilliant, and that's what we've you know, in our own simple way, that's what we've been trying to say. Is that we tend to think that attics are inside the house are actually a connection outside. We tend to think that you know winter's a problem here in California. It's ridiculous, but the, the fact is, you're right. It, this this is now not only a year round thing, but with extreme climate. I live right. I mean, I'm looking at the ocean right now. I live right at the beach in California. We hit over 100-degree temperatures for the first time ever last year. Mm. So this is, this is a reality that now you're exactly right. It, we have to get our thinking that the building has to function all the time. Yep. The, the real problem is a lot of the solutions that are being put forth are kind of moderate weather uh, solutions. And the truth is when we really need stuff is not when it's 68 degrees out. We need it when it's what you said, really hot or really cold.
2: Yeah. And so, Dave, one thing I think would help our listeners is could you give the layman's explanation of what your device actually is and how they would best install it if they called you up and said, okay, tell me about it and how do I do it?
3: Okay. Uh, We do have a website, too, that's pretty, pretty good. But the bottom line is that what. It has to happen with any metal object. They're called metal penetration. So bathroom fan, a can light, or whatever. We we know that they leak a lot of air, but they also are, again, as we spoke, a thermal bridge. Yes. So even through insulation, because insulation is permeable, it lets moisture and water travel through it. So the simple thing, the, the uh, eureka moment for us was, oh, my gosh, we need to isolate the fixture. And then doing that's really a challenge because you've got very limited space and you've got all sorts of problems, whether it's wires or pipes or poor framing.
1: And that clearance, so, that three-inch clearance that, that we need from electrical devices is too much. Well, and
3: hard. again, that's that's a bogus number, but oh. the fact is that you do need some clearance. The, the reason why a lot of these numbers came out, and this goes way back to the history of of uh, the safety with the fire with incandescent bolts. Sure. But... The 3-inch is not as critical as you do need some, but the real critical part is the size of the air chamber for diffusion. So what we did with our product, and I'll give you a quick uh, rundown of, uh, we've done a lot of stuff for engineers, really sophisticated clients. Not too long ago, we did a church where they pushed our universal through, we've got a video on it, through the lid side because they couldn't get access, and put them in. And we've engineered the actual diffusion chamber again three inches is is okay but it's actually what volume of air do you have in there as a diffusion chamber and you have to connect the inside air with the can and our product and the outside air is basically isolated so in this case they were very successful at getting I don't know 60 of these or so whatever put in and um and then the uh the engineers, but bottom line is somebody installed six of them and cut them all apart and made them smaller. Yes. And it was a perfect example of, gosh, it does matter that you have a diffusion chip. Because they had a call back and they said, hey, this isn't your fault, but we need six more.
1: <laughs> ah, to replace yeah. the ones they cut down.
3: Yeah. So bottom line is our product is if you're a homeowner, you... Crawl in your attic. Like we had one engineer that worked for a phone company. He was an engineer that developed phones. Never done anything in his house. He called me up. I walked him through it. He said the hardest part was finding his ladder. He crawled in, <laughs> popped open the, the unit, made cuts with the scissors or even use a utility knife for the wires, put it in place, and then you can either use caulk or foam. Don't don't use tape. It's too hard to work with. Caulk or foam is the best professionals love foam and he got them done literally in five minutes apiece. Mm. So that was the whole goal of this. And our first product that we scrapped was too complicated to install. Yep. And the other thing, back to your question, which is so perfect, is installers really vary in talent up in a lot of the companies are using guys that are fairly trained, highly trained or not trained. So all of the product the, the, the success and the the reliability has to be in the product. So bottom line is if, whether you're a DIY first-timer or a pro, you get the same results.
1: Sure. That's the, that's the exactly. goal. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Did that eventually answer your, your question? Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and,
1: and also the,
2: here's the important thing is the, the cost and where to buy. So we, I know I have gotten them
1: out of
3: EFI,
2: which
1: they do have offices. And I, I know that I ordered some directly from your company and that's a possibility. Yep. But yeah. But, the, I know Amazon. Now, I'll
3: tell you what happened with COVID. You're going to, you're going to uh, cry for me now. So just prior to COVID, I was finally pushing our Cover Your Cans and Fans program with everything from press, pest control companies. And we were selling. Uh, we've lost 90% of our sales. Wow. We were selling as many as three pallets, four pallets a month to contractors that were just leading this and saying, look, you know, in an hour we can come in and make your home efficient. Right. And then, as I told them, the nice thing is that, yeah, that that's great. They take care of that home. But then a month later, they'd say, you're not going to believe this. And I'd go, the people called you back, and now they want a new air conditioner because the efficiency has inspired them to do something else. So it's a great business model, but what happened with our distributors, all our major distributors used to sell truckloads of product, all pretty much went out of business. Hmm. The industry consolidated. And now the biggest challenge is I'm looking out at all the cargo ships on the ocean in front of my house. Um, shipping has become a real, real nightmare for everybody in, in every business. I mean, yes. the cost of more than quadrupled. So what we're doing now is we're rethinking. We've we pretty much our distribution network pretty much got decimated. The companies we used to work with got consolidated. Service partners, a couple others now own pretty much everything. Yep. So as corny as this sounds... We've been really happy selling direct now, and what it's given us is more insight into – well, like I wouldn't have met Chris otherwise. (laughs) It's given us more insight into our customers because our biggest challenge has been the industry kind of got this one wrong, and they're telling people they don't need our product, Mm -hmm. and the only people that buy it – you know, we've sold a few hundred thousand. I mean, I think we've done a few hundred thousand installations over the years, and those are all people – I mean, for example, here in California, one of the gentlemen is a, uh, UCI, uh, professor of physics. And when the guys came out to install their, they made a mistake. Gosh, they made a terrible mistake of telling him he didn't need our product. And I think he claimed he only gave them an hour lecture in physics, but I'm sure <laughs> more than that. <then. laughs> nice. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully I, our goal now is to regroup from COVID and see if we can get some distribution going. But in the meantime, we've got a free shipping thing going. We'll try to sell direct. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I I just – I'm panicked because I'm watching our carbon emissions just increase last year. Yep. And all the things we're doing are doing nothing but shifting more emissions to homes. Yep. Like California, we're mandating now electric power tools and things. Well, we don't have the infrastructure to charge them. Exactly. So our duck curve is getting worse. We've got – I mean, our policymakers. So you know, we're fortunate that we are good friends with one of our congressmen. Um, we're working with the universities, but um, you guys are actually the ultimate. Massachusetts, your neck of the woods. You guys rock. You've been kind of on this for decades. So, um, yeah, we need to branch out.
2: Yep. Understood. Yep. So, with one last thing, because listeners, I'm sure they're 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 probably thinking about this, and um, is the fact of how much do they cost currently if they're buying direct?
3: You know, I we we played around with things. The, the, the retail price on these is forty bucks. Our our costs keep going up. Um, yeah. Initially, we actually sold them at a loss for our first. You know, we realized that our biggest uh, competition was a cardboard box. Sure. So when we first started, we were. Which, by the way, those all need to be replaced. But with um, with pricing right now, it's about forty bucks. The main thing, if anybody's really interested. I'm one of those guys that if you call me up and you want uh, help
4: <laughs>
1: I can attest <laughs> he, he to he it. Was, I called the company to make sure that my order was going to go out and Dave picked up the phone. So there's no yeah. question Dave is is on the level on that one. Yeah,
3: we're 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 total mom and pop even though this is a billion unit need which I keep trying to tell the insulating companies. I, you know, they they claim that they've got a cult following of engineers with me, but uh, until we prove that this is a billion unit need yep sure uh, they 're not going to step in, so our goal now and with your help is to once and for all show the really big players that okay, this has to be done, and then eventually get me out of the way and let more uh, more refined business people take over
1: <laughs> <laughs> well so so dave we 're coming up to the end of the segment. Uh, I wanted to first of all. Thank you so much for taking time out of your now, uh, uh, later morning to spend some time with us. Um, and, uh, we're lo- really looking forward to, to using your product, not only in the projects that I'm working on as a professional, but to get that information out to our, our local homeowners.
2: So, so how would they get a hold of you directly, Dave? What is your phone number?
3: My phone number is 949-275-4861. And the easiest way to get a hold of me too is our website cancoverit.com. If they Google cancoverit, we've been around long enough that we get a lot of.
1: Yep, it comes yeah. right up.
3: And and just just grab us. I I'm a neurotic guy. I've answered my phone at three in the morning.
1: <laughs> and. um this is, you know, again, this was not about- Don't, don't challenge back. us. We'll start calling. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, oh, just, it. it's a little late for us here. Well, uh, Dave Hanacek, uh, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. I will certainly, Jim and I will certainly be in touch off the line. Uh, Dave Hanacek from Kang Covered, everybody, kankcovered.com. Uh, we're up against the break, so we'll talk to you right after this. Hey, everybody. It's Chris West from House Calls Vermont. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Jim Bradley. Hello again, everybody. And, uh, that was a great segment. I mean, Dave is, is such an energetic and, and, uh, well-spoken spokesperson for, for air sealing. What a great product. Um, and another great product. I mean, earlier this year, I have two heat pumps in my house. And, um, we've spoken about cleaning the filters, right? And about how the manufacturer actually says you should clean those filters that are on the inside. You just pop the top up of the, the wall wart and you pull them out and you wash them off and put it back in. And that's just part of it because those filters are only pulling out so much of the dust. Every and, and basically, those wall warts are taking indoor air and blowing that air over a bunch of fins. It's called a fan coil. And blowing that air back into your room. Now it's been heated or cooled, depending on what you're asking the heat pump to do. And uh, those are often not cleaned. Now, not only do we have customers who haven't cleaned the actual filters in five years, but I had never had my actual heat pumps cleaned, and one of them was in for almost 10 years. And then I was at Better Building by Design two years ago, and I heard about this new service, We Clean Heat Pumps. And I wanted to uh, explore this a little more. I had them come over, and they cleaned my heat pumps, uh, did a great job, and uh, were able to give me a diagnostic on what came out. Right. So <laughs> I, I uh, contacted the company and we have I'm going to mispronounce his name, but I've got uh, Gabriel uh, Erda Cohen and, and Gabriel, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. Can you help me with how to pronounce your last name? Sure it's Erdy, runs with dirty. Erdy, erdy dirty. Okay, I got it. Yep. <laughs> there you go. So so welcome and and uh good to hear you. I mean I uh, I did meet you when you came to my house and and uh that was an interesting uh time just be- being the person who doesn't do that work. Can you tell us a little about why uh, you uh, this company has been started and and what it is you you offer as a service and um a little bit about the the history of it? Sure.
4: Uh you know, well you said it great. Um You know, a lot of folks think that the the, uh, cleaning of the filters or the filter inserts is uh, all that needs to be done. Uh, But each and every one of these units needs an annual cleaning, Uh, deep cleaning, using a specialized uh, tool and technique. Uh, It's a low-pressure washer, a bib kit that goes around the unit and goes down to a bucket. And uh, we get in there and clean the coil and the fan of um, all the debris that builds up over the course of the year. And, you know, when I started in 2018, it was because my wife and father-in-law were running a small family-owned installation business and they were getting behind in doing the annual cleanings. And so I started doing the cleanings for them. Um, word got around and before you know it, uh, you know, a couple dozen cleanings as a side business turned into, uh, thousands of cleanings throughout the state and growing into the region because a lot of installers don't have, uh, the time or interest in doing those annual cleanings. Yep. But if we don't do the annual cleanings, the efficiency drops so dramatically uh, that a, you know, a lot of folks lose the reason that they put the units in at all, which is to like get high-efficiency heating and cooling. Right. The interesting thing is that uh, originally it was just about efficiency for me, but then as I started pulling this stuff out – uh of the unit and you can attest, um, you know, you saw the before and after from your own unit. Um, we've got tons of photos on the website of the before and after. We see every day just a huge amount of material that uh dramatically affects indoor air quality. And uh so what was originally mostly about efficiency and making sure the unit doesn't break down, uh, because the weight of the of the debris will actually uh cause damage to the unit over time. Mm-hmm. Um Eventually, they'll break down and, and have to be replaced. Uh, actually, it turns out that most of our customers um, call us because of indoor air quality issues. And we come and do the cleanings, and it, uh, it solves that issue for a lot of folks. I mean, these units are, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, air filters, yep. uh, air, air purifiers, if they're clean. But if they're not clean, they're doing the opposite. They're actually introducing mold and dust and allergen back into the room in, uh, you know, affecting people's health.
2: Gabriel, one question that I have, and maybe you can help a little bit of a clarification, because you might be surprised. People have these units in, but we're calling them heat pumps, but they're also mini splits. They're also, some people don't even know what these are, and does this mean my unit needs to be clean? You know, so a little bit of an understanding there for, for people who might be listening. Um, but the biggest thing that we have seen also is that, like an ERV or an HRV, heat recovery ventilator, um, energy recovery ventilator or these units that are the newer type of things on the market, yep. people get these in their homes, maybe from new construction, whatever and they just are not on a maintenance schedule and they don't do anything with it until it breaks and that's or until someone
1: way. gets sick and someone says, hey sure, maybe it's that exactly. <laughs> so the whole maintenance yeah.
2: schedule, so explaining that but also the maintenance schedule that you might recommend and how somebody can get started
1: on that uh, and, and if you could uh, also Gabriel, just talk about what it costs so people would know about sure. that too
4: Sure. Well, you know, the, the 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 easiest answer is that it costs approximately ninety nine dollars per head. Um, it takes us about forty five minutes or so to an hour per head, and that's once a year. Is the uh, annual schedule that we recommend? Uh, now, some units when we get there uh, turn out that they only need them every two years, and we'll let our customers know if that's the case. But it is very rare. Uh, almost, I would say ninety plus percent of the time, an annual cleaning will do it, and then on it. On occasion, there's units that need more than once a year, um, especially if they're in commercial spaces, highly trafficked, if there's smoking or vaping or a lot of cooking with grease happening um, right near the unit. Uh, sometimes we'll recommend more than once a year cleaning. Right. Um The answer to the question of what to call them is pretty funny. In fact, uh, they're just called different things and I don't think it's even geographical or regional as far as I can tell. Some people call them mini splits. Some people call them heat pumps. A lot of people call them that air conditioner that I got. You know, (laughs) a lot of folks, you know, uh, uh, call them different things. And so we actually had a tough time deciding what to name our business and how to describe what we do just for that reason. Uh, What we end up doing is just kind of fluctuating, and sometimes we call it mini splits, and sometimes we call it heat pumps. Um, the tools and techniques that we use, we can essentially use on anything with a coil and a fan. Sure. That's, uh, that's the broad answer, but we like to focus on mini splits because there's so many that are going in, and they have to be cleaned, and they're not getting cleaned.
1: Yep. Um, the I'm correct not sure if that answered all of the Yeah, no, no. Uh, My my question was so that the hundred dollar fee or the ninety nine dollar fee is for cleaning the indoor head, right?
4: Or or outdoor, so Uh, per per head.
1: It's essentially okay. So if I if I had so uh, that includes the outside compressor when you say per head.
4: Nope, it's going to be ninety nine dollars for the interior, ninety nine dollars for the exterior, and sometimes you'll have one exterior with one, two, three interior heads.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, The the variable refrigerant flows.
4: Yeah, we tried to simplify it and make it affordable. Um, now I can't make any promises, um, and the data is hard to come by because there's so many variables. But my estimation is that, uh, according to the Department of Energy, there's a ten to thirty percent increase in efficiency yeah, after the, the yeah. annual cleaning that we provide. Yeah. And that's just that's just about all the data that I can find. If anyone has any more, please reach out to me because I'm I'm curious and I'm, I'm I've been searching, but uh, I imagine that uh That affects your energy bill so directly that uh in, there must be some kind of impact uh, that's you know that comes right off of your electric bill um,
1: and it 's always very you know, hard to put any kind of of quantification on indoor health quality and how that can affect our health so exactly. i one of the things exactly. that shocked me a bit when, after you were done at my house is you were like well that downstairs head was was just dirty but the upstairs head had some had some mold in it i was like oh that's interesting i wasn't ex- expecting that so um right. i'm uh i'm very glad that you came and were able to do that that cleaning for me how can people get in touch with you
4: well, the easiest way is to just hop on our website. Um, you can book directly through the website. Um, we're also available by phone. You can find our phone number on the website as well. It's WeCleanHeatPumps dot com, um, and you can Google us and just give us a call if you have any questions. Um, but we, uh, we we tried to make it easy for for folks to book, and we're throughout the state, uh, all the abutting counties in New Hampshire, Massachusetts. Um, upstate New York, and we have some satellite uh, cleanings that are happening out in Martha's Vineyard, New York City. So, you know, we have technicians all over the place ready to go.
2: Now, Gabriel, um, one, one question I would have. Did you do – have you done any studies yet on the unit that has been regularly maintained versus one that's not as far as the, the potential lifespan improvement of the unit or the premature failure?
4: Sure. So, you know, where there is – uh heat pumps more regularly uh, in warmer climates. Um, They regularly last for decades. Um, And the technology is new in cold climates, so we can't exactly extrapolate, but uh, you know, I'm a simple heat pump cleaner. I'm not an engineer. (laughs) The humble heat pump cleaner. (laughs) Yeah, I I wish I had access to to better data. Um, the, The thing that I know is that within five to seven years, or like you said, 10 years on your unit, um, the buildup on the fan and on the coil makes the fan motor work harder and makes sure. the condenser work harder. And so we do see uh, units that have broken down within five to ten years um, because the fan motor uh, or the condenser goes. Okay. And at that point uh, it's a you know you have to pull the whole
1: unit the off. whole unit you need to replace. The the upside I will say first of all uh, Gabriel uh we're at the end of the segment so thank you so much for calling in everybody uh Gabriel um Erdy Cohen. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much for joining go. us. And yeah. and uh, if you have a heat pump and the heat pump needs to be cleaned, then give them a call that we clean heat pumps. I'm a big fan. And uh, we have to keep these maintenance things up on our to-do list for these, sure. these uh, new units we're putting into our houses because otherwise we may be asking for uh, or inviting in issues that we weren't expecting.
4: Absolutely, and one of the benefits of working with us is that we'll keep uh, we'll keep on top of it. We'll make sure that you get that annual cleaning, and we'll call you and schedule every year, so you can take it off your list and let us handle it.
1: Great, wonderful. Thanks. You have a good rest right. of your weekend, Gabriel.
4: Thanks so much, you guys. Bye bye.
1: We have uh, a call from Rich in Starksburg. Rich, how you doing? Oh well, pretty good. You should have kept
5: Gabriel on there a little bit longer because uh, <laughs> I wanted him to hear all this. So. I hope he's listening.
1: Oh, I'm sure um, he is, and if not, I'm sure I'll get him a copy of, of the of the okay. uh, the stream. How can we help yeah. you today?
5: Well, I I, um, I learned about uh, we clean heat pumps from an, another network of Vermont radio stations, which I will not mention. And uh, I called them up, and they asked me how did I find out, and I mentioned this other network of Vermont radio stations, and and uh, then. Uh, I you know asked them to come to my house and clean clean my heat pump and they they did they we set the date and everything and the time and and so forth and um, they did a beautiful job they um, you wouldn't believe the stuff that came out we run the thing air conditioning all the, almost all summer and that really builds up a lot tends to build up a lot more uh, I don't know what um, mildew I don't know whatever you call it black stuff sure and uh, it. it the water just was, you know, and it works a whole lot better and I think it's well worth it. I recommend it to everybody and, and uh, I hope if, if uh, Gabriel is listening, he will consider the WDV Radio Vermont network of stations, I, which I did suggest to him that he advertised on the real network of Vermont radio stations.
1: There you go. A, a, a more loyal listener I don't think we have here at WDEV. Thank you so much, Rich. And um, you, I just want to make sure you did get the uh, the indoor air quality monitor, right? Yeah,
5: I've got it, and I've been studying the manual, and I'm getting ready to crank it up and, and get it going. So okay. I hope you're not in a big hurry. Are
1: you okay with that? Or? Well, you start today and, and uh, try okay. to get it back to us within uh, like 10 days, and then we can get it out to someone else. So that would be great.
5: Okay, that's good. Thanks for the deadline. That mm-hmm. helps me. Okay, good.
1: Well, you have a good rest of your day. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Well, there we have it. We're uh, getting to the end of another episode here of uh, House Calls Vermont. Um, just want to remind people we are still in the middle of winter, or uh, getting to the end of winter, but we're uh, we're still uh, doing the indoor air quality uh, survey that we're do we're, we're, we said we were going to do last year, but because of various things, we're unable to do. So there are three units out in the field right now. I'm going to be sending another unit out tomorrow uh and uh by on the the second to last show which is i think the last show is the 25th of march uh so the weekend before that the 19th or so we'll be having our uh reveal of the results from that uh survey so uh make sure you listen to that next week um we have uh darren
2: Macri from
1: white windows white windows why yes. the windows
2: <laughs> now darren is a is a colleague of ours and we i have um installed his his product and some of the new builds that i've done chris has as well and we plan to put them in the tiny house as well but we really are in favor of this type of window in fact i just spoke at a uh, webinar on thursday with efficiency vermont and um about windows and when to replace when not to and i said if you're going to replace and you can go in the direction of a triple pane assembly instead of a dual pane. It's going to be that much better. You're not going to have the condensation issues and everything else. But Darren has a company in New Jersey. It's domestic, so you don't have to pay the shipping costs from across the ocean. Um, and they're very excellent quality windows. We would definitely recommend them to anybody. But he'll be on to answer your questions about his product, about a triple pane window versus dual pane, and the European styling of the tilt and turn. So um, definitely we hope you can join us next week.
1: Uh, they also want. do doors. Uh- yes. They Definitely. also do glazed doors. Um, and um, uh, we'll also be uh, picking Darren's brain about the window industry in America and how – Companies like his are pushing companies like Pella and Marvin to start having triple-glazed options instead. At an affordable price. Well, yes, That's <laughs> that, that's another t- point altogether. Yes. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for joining us here on House Calls Vermont. If you have questions for us, please send us an email at housecallsvt at gmail.com. Um, you can check out our uh, YouTube channel, uh, which is youtube.com slash c slash House Calls Vermont, or just do a search on YouTube for House Calls Vermont watch some of our instructional videos the um, edit uh, uh, the energy audit uh, eavesdropping that we have so if you're interested sure. in finding out what happens during an audit and uh, until next week this is Chris West and I'm Jim Bradley have, have a, a great, great week, week.
0: House Calls Vermont on WDEV. Brought to you by R.K. Miles, a third-generation family-owned business. Proud to be your local building material supplier. Find a location near you at rkmiles.com. By Polly Construction, for over 30 years, known for anything construction, big or small jobs. One call does it all. P-O-L-L-I construction.com. Ken Libby of Stowe Area Realty Group at Keller Williams Stowe. Your trusted advisor, 802-793-2002. By Curtis Lumber with two locations in Vermont, Williston and Burlington. Request a quote for your next project online at curtislumber.com. By Sticks and Stuff at Swanton Lumber with locations in St. Albans, Edensburg, Swanton, Derby and Middlesex. And by Shamrock Painting, painting and custom wood finishing, shamrockpainting.com. By Wything Windows, high-performance passive house windows and doors, online at wythewindows.com. And by Matt Clark's Northern Basement Systems, for all things basementy, northernnefoundations.com. Be sure to join us next Saturday at 1230 during the noon hour for House Calls Vermont right here on WDEV.